Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Always Do Podcast, episode number 22. I'm your host, Scott Nickel, and I've got a good one for you. I'm really, really excited about this one, actually. I'm always excited about all of them, but this one in particular, because I feel like it affects all of us. Everybody out there in the world today is dealing with this on a daily basis, all of the time. It's coming at us from all angles. And today's episode is called Five Days of No Phone. Now, I've talked about this on some of my short videos and just uh, social media. I actually had a podcast the other day about social media and why you should be producing content. And I still believe that is true, especially if you are one consuming content all the time. It's a nice way to mix it up and start producing to become kind of part of the ecosystem in a more productive way. But this one is about five days of no phone. About two months ago, I went five days with no phone and I want to talk about it today. Not just my experience with the no phone, but kind of where we are in general as a society and where we're going. I've got a really, really cool excerpt from a book that will kind of lead us into this and we'll talk about it. It's it's very cool. Um, so the first thing, as always, what are you grateful for? And for me personally, it is my always do Facebook group. I am so grateful for everybody in that group and the people who share and comment and help each other and community. Um, I don't know who listens to this podcast, but if you're one of those people, I appreciate you immensely. I was just thinking today, like everything that I'm doing now wouldn't mean anything. Of course, you want to do things despite any external affirmation. But you still, it is still nice to know that you're helping. Really, the secret to living is definitely giving. I feel so good every time I do that. But it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't really helping people and people weren't there to show up and and hopefully learn and use some of the, the techniques and skills and topics we talk about. So anyways, really grateful for that. Take a second, look around your life. What are you grateful for? Anything big, anything small. It matters. It matters. Start training your brain, really, what you're thankful for, the things you have right now. Of course, you can go out and get the things you want. That's not going anywhere, but focus on what you have, and that'll make what you're going to get even better. Okay, next, the quote of the day, and this will lead us right into our topic. I love this. This is from Yuval Noah Harari. He is the author of the book Sapiens. He also wrote a second book, a follow-up called Homo Deus. And then his third book, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. I love this guy. I love his books. Again, he even said it himself. He's not talking about anything really new and wild. But the way he intertwines it and tells a story is quite fascinating. Again, there's nothing new about talking about, you know, Homo sapiens and, you know, our ancestry and where we've come from from Neanderthals and into what we are now, but the way he kind of ties that into all the way up to today and, you know, politics and religion and, and technology and biotechnology. And that's kind of where I took this quote from is uh, 21 lessons for the 21st century and biotechnology. So I'll read that. It's a little bit long, so stick with me. It's, it's worth it to hear this. Okay. Quote, technology isn't bad. If you know what you want in life, technology can help you get it. But if you don't know what you want in life, 
it will be all too easy for technology to shape your aims for you and take control of your life. Especially as technology gets better at understanding humans, you might increasingly find yourself serving it instead of it serving you. Have you seen those zombies who roam the streets with their faces glued to their smartphones? Do you think they control the technology or does the technology control them? Should you rely on yourself then? That sounds great on Sesame Street or in an old fashioned Disney film, but in real life, it doesn't work so well. Even Disney is coming to realize it. Just like Riley Anderson in Inside Out, most people hardly know themselves. And when they try to, quote, listen to themselves, they easily become prey to external manipulations. The voice we hear inside our heads was never trustworthy because it always reflected state propaganda, ideological brainwashing, and commercial advertisement, not to mention biochemical bugs. As biotechnology and machine learning improve, it will become easier to manipulate people's deepest emotions and desires. It will become more dangerous than ever to just follow your heart. When Coca-Cola, Amazon, Baidu, or the government knows how to pull the strings of your heart and press the buttons of your brain, could you still tell the difference between yourself and the marketing experts? To succeed in such a daunting task, you will need to work very hard on getting to know your operating system better. To know what you are and what you want from life. This is, of course, the oldest advice in the book. Know thyself. End quote. I love that. Get chills reading that. I think it's also about where I am in life as well. Looking around, coming into awareness, seeing the world for what it is, and also, you know, working on starting a business and marketing and seeing what really is behind marketing. And when it comes to just kind of looking at the data and the analytics and the numbers, there's something to be said about that. I can only imagine what these huge companies like Coca-Cola and Amazon were just a number or a statistic or a click. Not saying that they don't care. I'm sure they're trying to create a good customer experience, but we've been moving in this direction for a while and technology makes it even more possible. And in this book, he really, again, who knows if all this will come true, but getting into like AI and it's just ability. There was one part in it that just sticks with me is like, data collection will get so good and we can if you're not sure what i'm talking about the easiest way to see this is when you go onto amazon it will recommend products for you so there's a simple way to look at it that's like you know data 101 right you go on there you click around for a bit it learns about what you like and what you don't like and then it will offer you recommendations you'll see that like you know, because you bought this or other people bought this. So it's now tying you to like other people creating a community like, oh, these people who bought this also bought this. So it's kind of like social proof. It's all these tiny little marketing tricks that get you, but they start to learn what you like. That's the basic. And he's just saying it's going to get better and better and better. And there's a part in the book that talks about relationships. And I just thought it was fascinating. So many people you know, they date some people and then they're like, oh, I'm not sure about this person or that. But the data will know so well and remember better than you do. Because when you read books like Stumbling on Happiness, you realize the psychology of how bad we really are at memory. Really, most of our memories, he implies, are just constructed. We don't remember things exactly as they happened. And I'm sure that's I know that's the case now that I've been journaling. I look back at my journal and I was like, whoa. 
don't remember writing that or feeling that way or wow, how did that happen? Or why did that happen? That's a really fascinating thing to look at. But anyways, that data will get so good at knowing us better than we know ourselves and can make recommendations on relationships or, you know, things that we like, things that we would be happier if we spent our money on. So all these things. So I just think this is really a fascinating thing to talk about so we can segue into not using your phone for a little bit. Not just because of the data. We're not trying to run away from that. I think data is not going anywhere. They've been doing it for years and years, and it's only going to get more powerful. AI is learning a lot. Again, this isn't supposed to be scary. It's just really informational and something to think about. So, And that's the end part is really the key is to know thyself, really to get to learn yourself. And I think, let's segue into that. The best way to do that is to drop your phone for a little bit. Don't drop it but you know what I mean. Put it away for a little bit. If you can for a couple days, it's interesting to try out. It's the only way, at least that I found to really, of course, posting content gets you to help find yourself. I've had a lot of growth in that actually, but I think also putting the phone away because I've been on it for the last, you know, who knows, 15, 20 years now. I can't even remember a time without it. Whoa. Except those five days. It's true. Jeez. That just hit me too. Yeah, the last ever since I've they've come out years and years ago, even the little flip bones. But so there's something to be said there. So if you're consuming content and you're scrolling a lot, you are avoiding something bigger in your life. That was my first realization. So putting the phone away allows you, nay, forces you into looking at whatever that is that you're distracting yourself you are distracting yourself and now that i have a little bit more awareness again i'm not perfect at it but i always i can like see my hand reaching for the phone now whereas opposed to before i would just already be on my phone scrolling for 20 minutes before i came to but now i see me reaching and it's usually at least for me personally when i run into a problem in the business or something with writing i get writer's block or idea block and then immediately I want to reach for a distraction. So that's just a small thing. But I think generally people that are scrolling on their phone are just naturally avoiding something. At least if you're doing it for a long time, I get having little breaks on it. But again, the more and more I post, I see the value in it, but I also see that I'm part of the problem. It's like, we're all creating content, but I see it as if it's useful and helping people and then they watch it and then they imply it apply it into their lives and it's helping, then that's okay. But I see some of this entertainment stuff and is it necessary? I don't know. And then here's the next one I learned. I actually talked about this today in my, my live group and that's the, the action gap. I just came across this. I've been thinking about it maybe the last week or so, and it's really hit home. At least for me, again, I like to think on these things and not to get too philosophical or researchy, but I call it the action gap and I basically define it as social media is making it harder for people to take action because generally the people they watch are far ahead or in a different place where, than where they are and they consciously or subconsciously process and realize how much work they have to do to get to where they want to go. So naturally... They avoid taking action. That's why I started off with that first point is that if you're scrolling, you're avoiding something. So I'm starting to think that 
it's like this cycle. We're scrolling and we see people where we want to be or have what we want. And then we kind of realize that, oh, we're so far away. So we put our phone away and then we think, oh, geez, I'm so far away. This is going to be a lot of work. This is going to be difficult. How do I do all these things? Then, because that's difficult, we go right back into scrolling because it's easier. We're always going to, our brain's always going to choose the easy way out. Always, always, always. I think you have to accept that. I think everybody has to accept that. It's a hard realization, but it really is so much more rewarding to do the difficult things and make progress. So I think, at least for me personally in my life, I'm at that balance now where I still want to do the easy thing, but I'm starting to learn, wow, it's so great to do the hard thing and not succeed. Well, succeed, but make, I don't know if I want to use the word succeed, but make progress towards the end goal. And that's really, really exciting. So I'm starting to tip the scale in my life to that side, which took some time, but it's exciting once you get there. So yeah, I call it again, the action gap. I think it's something worth thinking about. I mentioned this before, Lori Santos does a free little course on Coursera. She runs a podcast called The Happiness Lab as well. Um, really interesting to listen to, but there I'm comparing these two. She talks about like happiness and social media. And she says social media is the worst thing in the world for our happiness. And I'm kind of equating, it's not the same research, but I'm saying that social media is the worst thing for our action. I truly am starting to believe that even with the motivation, I'll watch some motivational videos and it's just a momentary bit of motivation really. Gets me kind of excited. You'll see these, I, there's some called like momentum. What is it called? Yeah, it's like momentum theory or something on YouTube or whatever. But anyways, it gets you excited. People working out and sweating or doing something hard and you get excited, but really it's just fleeting. And then I think it leaves you and then it leaves you like looking like, oh man, what do I do when you have to really, really do something or how to improve in something? Anyways, we're something we're thinking about. Okay. The third topic on five days of no phone that I learned is if you get off your phone, especially social media, you open up a massive amount of time as well as mental space or people say bandwidth now so that this one is incredibly obvious but i don't think you can really know how much time you can get back until you do it and again you can't just do it for one day or two maybe two three days maybe a day you'll realize how much extra time you have but i think by that like second day i was like okay i can't touch the phone so i gotta do something you and then you're like oh i have so much time to like spare i'm like looking for something to do in my free time whereas before it would be like work and then a little bit of social media and work and you know just kind of a little bit here and there but still when you open up all those little five ten minute slots they turn out to be quite a bit for me it was it was a bit especially when i'm producing content that takes time so i hate this it's a little harsh well i i don't know why i hate it i wrote it but i said you are lying about your time and attention and this goes back to I guess I'll always thank this girl, but she always, she, it was one of my very, very first videos. And we got in this little discussion. I said, basically people have more time and that you're the master of your time. 
And I still believe that I have to believe that I just can't see it any other way that I understand if people, she had kids and she was mad. I said that like, you're the master of your time and people have more time than they think. And I get it. I don't have kids, but I, I also think that person would be responsible for how they spent their time and attention, therefore resulting in the situation that they are in. Like they chose to spend their time making babies and doing that. Like that's, the thing when you use your time and attention in a certain way there are results and consequences so is it fair to say that you know people are lying about their self and time okay maybe it's different for everybody but at the same time i'm saying here just simply if you remove distractions and things that don't really matter in life then you will have more time than you had previously so let's just keep it simple not to get into that whole thing i can see myself thinking about it again but really if you just remove social media let's say you will open up more time than you currently have if that makes sense i hope it does because you can open up time and then of course you start to get some attention back i got a lot of attention back and those are actually quite productive a lot of like thinking and planning and writing and creating because your mind isn't elsewhere. Uh, what is it called? I forget exactly. It's called attention residual. Sorry, I should have put that in my notes. I can't remember, but it's just coming to me now. Um, residual attention. Anyways, there was a study done. I forget one of the researchers. And she said, I believe it's like 23 minutes to fully, fully switch from one task to another because you still have what she's I'm pretty sure it's called the residual attention which is still on the other task so if you finish something or you're doing something and then let's say i'm writing something and i start to go research something i'm still technically thinking about the writing part or my brain hasn't switched over so i guess multitasking is really just a myth and it, when you pay attention to that i can tell you this for sure Again, as I'm learning to write, when you open up just a blank document and you can do nothing else but type, I think that would be a fun experiment for somebody to try out there. If you want, maybe you just do a journal and just type it on the computer, but try doing it where you can only do that document, just a blank word document, and you can only just type words for 30 minutes. Just watch how many times your brain wants to go do something else. So it's interesting to play and, and test your attention. But anyways, the whole point of that third one is if you get off your phone, you put it away, or you limit yourself, you will get more time back than you have. That is true. Okay, the fourth point I have here is we are dependent on technology, and it's not going anywhere. So I had somebody, I did, there's this thing called ChatGPT. I've been playing with it for a couple months now. It's it's very fun. It's going to be able to do some really, really incredible things if it can't already, which it can. I mean, coding, building websites, images. It's quite fascinating. I did a little post and some lady said, oh, I, w I'm, I wish it was like it was in the old days. And I totally get that. There are times where I say that too, even as a teacher and, you know, I don't have kids, but I wish some kids were out playing more like we used to, you know, playing outside, playing in the mud, going in the fields or playing sports outside. I just don't see it as much anymore. Maybe it's happening, but I don't have kids, so I don't know, but I don't see it as much as I used to. So yeah, I get it. You want it to be the old days, but then there you can think about it for one second, but then it's over. Technology is not going anywhere. 
It's ever, never, ever, ever, ever. It's going forward. So you have to accept that and now look at it as a net positive. It really, really, really is. It has made our world safer, better, politically correct, economically beneficial. So many people lifted out of poverty because of this. Political mishaps have come to light that we didn't know about or wouldn't have known about. It's made people able to travel and move and meet each other. Anyway, the technology is a net positive. It's not going anywhere. So you need to figure out how you're going to deal with it. And that goes back to the quote from Harari's book is that you need to start. It's not going anywhere. So figure out how to deal with it. How do you want it to be a part of your life? I think that's a question we should ask. It's like, how do I want this? And that's what I, I actually asked myself in that five days. Okay. I see it's here. I see that I have more time now. How do I want it to be a part of my life? And that's where I kind of decided that it's only for creating content or any kind of work or business type of stuff. That's it. Because I was consuming, definitely. When you're posting and you want to look at other creators or just start scrolling, oh, it'll get you. When you just start scrolling, it is fascinating how good they are at keeping your attention. So, yeah, that goes back to the quote. I just, my own notes, just with all the data collection and the power of AI, eventually it is going to know more about you than you know about yourself. Unless you figure out yourself first. I think that's a really, really good point to drive home and something I've thought about a lot and really why I'm trying to find myself. And I like what, again, Harari says is even when we try to know ourselves, there are still outside sources. I still see them where I'll sit and meditate and like, what do I really want? And then something will seep in like, oh, you know, go back to teaching, go do that thing or, you know, do this certain thing, this certain way. And all these things that I know I don't want, but they still come creeping in. But I, I figured that out a long time that that really gave me no happiness, but yet it'll still come in. So society is still there. What other people want, external forces and opinions are always going to be there, but you got to find out what it is for you. And I think the only way really to do that is just go play, test around with things. There's no point in stopping playing. We get one shot at this life. That's it, really. When you When you really let that sink in, like if you're not doing what you want to be doing right now, then you need to not do that thing. It really, really is so simple. I get people again, have spent their time and attention differently. Maybe they're not in the most perfect situation, but then how can you make it better? Right? Of course you need to accept where you are and then, you know, improve the situation where you are day by day. I get it's not ideal for everybody. Okay. And this last point is get off your phone. I know I made a video about that where I just started like, get off your damn phone. But that's really kind of the point. And that goes back to what I said about uh, Lori Santos is talking about what makes us happy. And she talks about social comparison and reference points and how, but again, her focus is on happiness. But I think this, those same things translate to, so comparison and reference points, she says point to anxiety and depression and making us less happy. And I say social comparison and reference points lead to us being indecisive, overthinking things, and being inactive, not taking the action. Because subconsciously we're seeing somebody else has something that we want and it's more work than I thought it would be to get there. When in reality, I'm not going to lie to you, it, it like creating a business and doing everything 
is a lot of work, but it's not as hard as I thought it would be. I shouldn't say that. Like, it's very difficult. But at the same time, I should say maybe it's not as... It's as difficult to think about it and not do it as it is to do it. It's probably easier to do it in that case. So it's you can either think about it, the action that you have to take, and that's extremely difficult. Regret. We all know that. Everyone's heard that a thousand times. That study or several studies about talking to people who are, you know, nearing the end of their lives, their biggest regret was not being themselves or true to themselves and doing what they wanted. So that's it. That it will be, we know, the biggest pain. Not doing whatever it is, not exercising or, you know, showing more love, being more caring, starting that business, writing that book, whatever that is that seems difficult, sitting down to type is not nearly as hard as, you know, regretting that. And here's a fun point. I kind of, I don't mean to be mean to anybody, but I just started doing this recently and it just, it did make me think is next time you're with somebody or they're on their phone, just watch the person. That's it. Just look at them. Oh, that's my, hey, well, that's good. If anyone's listening and heard me talk about it, then you know I'm doing it. That's my life check timer. Goes off every 30 minutes. Brings me back to awareness, what I'm doing. That's it. Quick deep breath and you're just back. It's back to reality every time. It's so cool. Um, But yeah, when you see somebody scrolling on the phone, just take a look at them. That's what you kind of look like, you know? And look at that person, you know, not judging people, but just, you know, question it. Are they making big strides to where they want to go? Do they they seem happier? Do they seem energetic and full of energy? You know, I think that would be the question. Do they seem like they're taking action on the things that they want to do? And do they seem happier? Like I look at people now, even when they're watching TV, I've seen a few people just staring at the TV or the phone. And it just, I ask these questions like, is that what I want to be doing? Are they happier? Are they getting to where they want to go? I get, don't get me wrong either. I get taking a break, watching a Netflix thing. Again, that's not really for me anymore. I found more joy in other things, but I get that people want to do that. It's common, like watch a movie, go watch a show, scroll a little bit, but make sure you're choosing when you do it. You know, first start producing if you are consuming and second, decide how you want to use the phone and social media. It will surprise you. I recommend, you know, start with 24 hours. Of course, if you have, you know, business to take care of on your phone, try and transfer that over to the computer. I'm sure you can do that. And that's a whole nother thing too. I was off the phone, but I did use my computer. I had to for work. So I get some people could say, oh, well, you're just trading one for the other. Okay, I get it. But let's say social media then. I use my computer, but obviously no social media on the computer, but it's mainly, it's just on the phone. So once you remove that, then you'd be quite surprised. Interesting test, interesting experiment. I hope you enjoyed it. If you listened to to this far, again, I really always appreciate everybody who's out there. I want to help. I want to make people's lives better. And I just keep coming back to that. I was in such a horrible place. I see it now. It was so dark. I needed to go through the darkness to see the light. How can you know the light if you didn't walk through the dark? Interesting stuff. Always do and have your best, best, best day. Mm